The Holy Gospel according to John, the second chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Jesus told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to Jesus, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated, and I'm going to invite the children to uh, go with uh, our youth director, uh, collaborative ministry coordinator, Crystal Miller. Um, Children's choir, follow Crystal out to the chapel, and any other children worshiping with us today, you're welcome to go with Crystal. Crystal's going to lead you in a lesson that is from the Bible. I always enjoy having our children with us in worship to help lead and uh, look forward to having them serve in many ways during the worship service. Once the dust cleared, I imagine that the room went silent. You could probably hear a pin drop. The audacity, the arrogance. Who did this Jesus think he was? Certainly, Jesus must have known that the temple, this temple had been undergoing construction, renovations, long before his earthly existence under Joseph's watchful eye and Mary's ever-pondering heart even after it was destroyed and rebuilt centuries before. The temple in Jerusalem had been around far longer than Jesus had been on the earth. Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple's been under construction for over 46 years, and you're going to raise it in three years? In three days? But Jesus, we're told, wasn't it, speaking of a brick-and-mortar building, this massive structure of stone, a sacred place adorned with silver and gold, a gated temple with outer courtyards and wide-open spaces where people gathered in grand porticos, 
and marketplaces filled with sacrificial animals and corrupt money changers who preyed on the poorest of the poor. Jesus wasn't speaking of that temple. No, Jesus was speaking of the temple of his very own body. I find this terribly interesting for a couple of reasons. But I've been fixated on one aspect in particular. For centuries, people have gathered in spaces like ours to hear the word of God proclaimed. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. We've proclaimed that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in a rough-hewn tomb, and after three days was raised from the dead. It's kind of at the heart of the gospel, the good news. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. But Jesus wasn't referring to stone walls. He was referring to the very heart and soul of our God in the flesh. The living, breathing, incarnate God. The Word made flesh, who came to dwell among us full of grace and truth. In retrospect, the Gospel writer even tells us, the disciples remembered that Jesus had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken after he was raised from the dead. It's a little footnote in our gospel reading for today, but here's the thing. I can't help but think that there's more to this than meets the eye. After all, 46 years is a long time to be under construction. And I couldn't help but think of Central, of this sanctuary, the one we worship in. This sanctuary was dedicated 70 years ago, 1954 to be precise. Some of you weren't even born then. Others of you were surrounded by generations of blood relatives and your blood and sisters, your blood and spirit baptismal brothers and sisters. And back then, many of you who are still sitting here today, perhaps even in the very same pew, (laughs) perhaps you remember those days. The days when some of you were busy providing for your families while raising your own children during a time when churches like Central Lutheran were overflowing with young families and multiple generations worshiping together under one roof. Those who came of age in the 60s and 70s still, I'm sure, remember their earliest school Sunday school teachers, the men and women who, along with your parents and grandparents, godparents, aunts and uncles, friends and neighbors, passed on the faith to you. You may have both good and not-so-good memories of the obligatory confirmation classes you were made to attend. You may have fond memories of that cute little boy sitting across the row from you, or that, little, that young woman that was caught your attention. 
You may remember those summer youth trips to San Juan Islands or national youth gatherings in places like Minneapolis and those Sunday evening Luther League gatherings to bowl or roller skate with your church friends. Some of you may even recall those softball leagues you played in or the women's circles or, or guilds that you were part of. Or you were among those women, or maybe your mothers were the women who whispered in their husband's ears and said, Honey, you need to go to the church on Saturday because there's work to be done. And those able-bodied men would come and gather and, maintain, and they maintained the facility that we now call this church. They kept it in tip-top shape. In due time, some of you may remember that you found your life partner and you walked the aisle and were married at the foot of the steps here. You may remember raising your own children in the faith, the faith in which you were named and claimed by God in the waters of holy baptism. I know that because every time there's a memorial service or a funeral, especially for those who are pillars of this congregation, this faith community, I'm reminded of the generations who have passed through these doors, who have walked these aisles, this aisle, with hands outstretched to receive the body of Christ given for you, to drink from the cup of his blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. And frankly, at those gatherings, it's a privilege to be reminded of the generational families of this rich history that you've shared here at Central for over 120 years, if you count the the original bodies that merged together to, to become Central, to relocate from Pearl and 6th Street downtown to right here on 18th and Potter. That rich history... Those 70 years since this church was first dedicated have come and gone. New generations have joined us. New people have walked that aisle and stood before the congregation to say that they too want to be part of our community, as we will do in just a few short weeks on Palm Sunday. In fact, it's downright humbling to me to recall the sacrifices those generations before us made. And it's a privilege to be a, a fly on the wall, if you will, listening while others reminisce with those who touched their lives in some small but significant way. To everyone who has ever made their way back after a time away, and come here because they want to remember a brother or sister in Christ who has died. To all those who returned after significant absences, no matter the reason. To all those who were once connected to Central Lutheran Church and now find themselves in a faraway place or another faith community nearby. I give thanks for those who came before us. Just as I give thanks for all those who have joined in recent months or years. You see, if Jesus' body being raised up after three days was the end of the story, we wouldn't need to be here. 
But Christ said, you are my body. You now have a mission to carry on the ministry which I have shown you. You know that this world needs to hear this good news. You know that. We are blessed to be Christ's body. A living, breathing testimony to the faith which has been passed on or handed on to us. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus was raised up. Indeed, he has been raised from the dead. And while he is no longer in the flesh, living and breathing among us today, he remains with us, just as he promised he would. Not only that, but Jesus has raised up, up us up to be his body. Jesus has created this community generation after generation after generation to be Christ's hands and feet for the sake of this world God so loves. And I am so glad. Amen.